welcoming in Courtney Cronin, our Bears insider here on ESPN 1000. Courtney, good morning. How are you? I'm well. How are you guys doing? We're, we're good. We're ready for football. It's been a long time, it seems. I know. It's weird having the Thursday game and then the 10 days, or I guess it's 11 days in between Thursday and then the Monday night game, but it's certainly benefited the Bears. They don't have anybody on their injury report. So uh, the rest uh, seems to have fixed some of their problems, but I guess we'll see if that carries over into the Monday night at Foxborough. <laughs> right. It'll be all obvious on the field. Uh, Nikhil Harry may uh, get the uh, start? Yeah. I mean, it, it, all signs would point to it. And I asked him on Friday about why he was a healthy scratch the week before, and he said it wasn't anything injury-related. It sounds like to in kind of Matt Eberflus hinted at this that maybe he and Justin Fields just didn't have enough practice time together going into you know that first week when he came off injured reserve and he to to his um, you know and the way he phrased they didn't want to put him in a position where he wouldn't succeed so you can understand some of that but everything would indicate that they are going to play him tomorrow because there's literally nobody on the injury report including Nikhil Harry. Courtney, um, it seems like, you know, Matt Eberflus did not dismiss any suggestion that they're going to make some changes on the offensive line. And, and who knew Tevin Jenkins would be the, the one guy who's pretty much solid uh, at the start of the season with all the questions circling around him. But I guess Sam Mustafer graded out with pro football focus as the most porous center. So what do you see happening there and how much of an improvement will it be if they if they make some moves uh, here with uh, moving Lucas Patrick to center? Yeah, they've left the door open for that for a couple weeks, you know, really since the start of the season. Matt Eberflus has reiterated consistently that they're going to find their best five up front and you know, didn't shy away from that when asked the other day about some of the changes that they might make, not in terms of, you know, listing what actual personnel moves, but I think you can look at where Lucas Patrick is right now at left guard and just how difficult it's been. He's over at right guard, and there's not too many teams that are you know, through, I guess it was the first four weeks of the season, rotating as frequently at a position in the, in, um, you know, at right guard as the Bears did with Jenkins and Lucas Patrick. Like Typically, if you're in the NFL, you win a spot. It's yours. No one's going to take that from you as long as you can hold down what you're doing. So what they were doing was a little unorthodox, and – you know, of course, Lucas Patrick has to kick over to the left side after Cody White here gets hurt and really struggled the last couple of weeks. And he, even he said he hasn't played at his standard. So I would project that the experimentation will be Patrick moving to center because you had mentioned Sam Mustaver. He's had a really um, up and down year to start. I mean, what he was asked to do to fill in for Lucas Patrick, who was brought in here as a you know, at to play center. That's what he told us right after he signed. And that's where everything was pointing towards until he got hurt. You know, Mustafer did what he could to fill in um, and, and had some good moments, but also some bad ones. And I think now you don't really have any other excuse or to not put Lucas Patrick back to center. He can snap the ball. We saw him doing it in practice this week and it would at least give you an opportunity to see what you have there in the guy that you know in the guy that you brought in to play that position, and then filling in for him over left guard. I mean, you have Michael Schofield who can come off the bench. Uh, he's played guard before a, a lot before. I mean, it's not great, and I don't anticipate the pass protection all of a sudden like skyrocketing, but it can't possibly be worse in moments than it's been at times. Now, uh, Justin Fields, uh, he 
uh, you know, he had a rough game last game, and mm-hmm. he, he's he's shown a lot of frustration and and, and everything. Is he? Uh, is he? Do you sense frustration with the plays or anything, or is it just really frustration with himself? I think it's everything, and you've got to really appreciate a quarterback who a can get up the way that he does after taking hits right, the way yeah. that he does. Like there's, you can say what you want about Justin Fields, and I know we talked about this last week on the show. Like he is so physically tough that I, I mean, there were moments. I mean, I'm I'm shocked he wasn't on the injury report, at least for like ribs or anything, just general soreness. But you know, I think the frustration you hear from Fields when he's talking about. You know, I'm tired of being told we're close, all that. And, you know, Jalen Johnson echoed that, too, when we talked to him last week. Fields isn't somebody who's been on losing teams. And it's not a sore loser sort of attitude. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, this is what he's grown accustomed to. Do you want somebody with a loser's attitude or do you want somebody with a winner's attitude? I don't think there's anything wrong with Justin Fields saying what he did and not being complacent with mediocrity or poor play. But as far as, like, what that's, de- what that's you know, geared towards, I'm sure some of it has to do with, you know, his own. Certainly, a lot of it has to do with his own play, and that's mm-hmm. smart for him as a quarterback to put the responsibility on himself. Yep. And we go back to that Ryan Griffin play where people want to say, "Well, Ryan Griffin was, you know, moving kind of slowly, slowed down on that route." Fields like, "No, I've got to make that play. I've got he, you know, he could run a little faster, but I have to make that throw." And I think that's what people want to hear from their quarterback, where it's not a blame game, and especially for somebody who's a second-year quarterback, you don't have the right yet to start pulling in Aaron Rodgers and start finger pointing elsewhere um, <laughs> because you still have to prove that you're that guy. So I would imagine for Fields, it's a combination of his own play and just everything not working out. When for him there were moments this offseason when it felt like he was turning the corner personally and that he could get by with the group that they have. And and so far they've shown that that's a really big struggle. Given all that, and and we just talked about the uh, offensive line being in transition and and it was not really well-respected, certainly, uh, to be diplomatic about going into the season, people saying it was the worst in, in all football. And by the way, the wide receiver talent is the worst in all football. We know all the issues, and we know what Ryan Poles didn't do uh, to, to help Justin Fields in the offseason. But there seems to be two schools of thought, and I haven't asked you this question yet. I think they're going to have a pretty good handle at the end of the season on where they believe Justin Fields is in terms of being the guy. Um, mm-hmm. some, some people say move on as quickly as possible uh, from a quarterback because the more time you spend hoping or thinking – that it's going to get better the further back you uh, set the franchise. Um, Do you believe that it's a one-season evaluation, or do you believe that Ryan Poles, when he hopefully spends all that salary cap money, over $100 and all that, and gets some better talent around him, they'll give him another season with better talent to to further the evaluation? Uh, They they have to. They absolutely have to because he was – I don't want to use the word set up for failure this year, but he wasn't set up for success to get a true evaluation on him. So I would imagine, you know, with all the salary cap savings or salary cap money that they'll have coming off of, you know, this year, I think they're second in cap space going into 2023. Like then that is your true chance to be, to figure out, okay, how, how does the franchise feel about him and how can he kind of like a two situation in year three, does he have enough pieces around him to make the jump? Because, the one thing that drives me up the wall is that, I mean, we pull plugs on quarterbacks far too quickly, and I hate the rhetoric that it's like, oh, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, um, even a Bo Nix out there right now, 
you know, let the, let's play play out the rest of the season and then go get one of those guys. You know who was one of those guys two years ago? Justin Fields. That's what drives me nuts when you think when there <laughs> there are fans out there that think, oh, the, the answer is sitting there in college. Well, Justin Fields was a damn good quarterback in college. You don't think C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are going to struggle when they go to bad teams because inevitably they're going high up the draft board, and those are teams that are going to need quarterbacks? Like, we, we go through this cycle, guys, every single year mm-hmm. where we think the answer is immediately going to pan out from somebody who's in college. Please find me the example of somebody who has done that outside of a Patrick Mahomes who struggled early on when he took over for Alex Smith. That doesn't happen. Like, so right. the, the idea that we can just can't, like, you know, push over a guy after two years, like, I, I just, I, I don't understand, and maybe it's just our culture where we expect instant gratification for everything. I don't know when, though, from an evaluator's perspective and in a, in a perspective of, like, actually understanding how quarterback development goes, where people got that impatient, where you, after two years you're pulling a plug on a guy and saying that he's not the answer. Like it was never like that five, ten years ago, and now the last couple right. of years we just expected to to change, and that's that's absolute BS. Like it, it, it's a big hot button for me because C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, I'm sure they'll be great quarterbacks. They're going to need time in the league too, just like a Justin Fields, just like a Trevor Lawrence, just like a Zach Wilson. And granted, those other two quarterbacks I mentioned there from the same class as Fields. Their teams did a lot more this offseason to help put them in position to succeed so they could actually be on the winning side of games. Great point. And, and, and you're right. We are so starved for a quote-unquote franchise quarterback here. You have yeah. about five to ten minutes to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you don't, then everybody wants uh, a change. Uh, now, uh, before we let you go, real quick, trade deadline coming up November 1st. We know Robert Quinn has been, uh, the reports say he's been shopped. It, you, know, is there, uh, you know, is there a chance that Roquan or Eddie Jackson or uh, uh, who else was on that list yesterday? Well, yesterday we had a yeah. Twitter poll, Courtney. You know, how many moves will uh, the Bears make before November 1st? Mm. And we offered zero, one, two, or three or more. And... Zero came Bears off. Fans, Bear fans said zero, and I don't understand that. But there's going to have to be some movement, right? We've got to capitalize on what we have to be able to get this team younger. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not so sure. I oh, okay. fall in the class where I don't think there will be a ton of moves made. I'd be shocked if there's more than one. Um, of course, Robert Quinn is the one that makes sense. You can take a look at his contract. Um, and you know he's a good pass rusher. Like It's tough this season because he has two quarterback hits and one sack in six games, but he is coming off of 18-and-a-half sacks last year. He's 32 years old, but you also know what you're getting. Pass rushers tend to have a a longer um, stretch of their career in their 30s where they kind of come on and they can continue to do what they're doing. He's just having an ineffective season here because he has no help on the other side of, of the defensive line. But all that said... I'm not sure the return that you're going to get would be worth giving up Robert Quinn right now. I I, I truly don't. But he's the only one to me that makes a ton of sense. Uh, If you were to look at that, Eddie Jackson, he doesn't have any guaranteed money on his deal beyond this season. But if you take – like the Bears spent – I mean, he's had a pretty good year. Like he had three interceptions in the first four or five games. And on top of that – this secondary, that's where the focus was this offseason, ensuring that group up. So, to me, I don't think that you kind of, you know, 
cut off your, your nose to spite your face in a way by getting rid of him either. And, of course, there are other names, the Montgomery's and the Roquan Smith. They're, yeah, they're, Roquan, un- they're, yeah. they're, they're UFAs after this year. I don't know why teams would end up, you know, w- not waiting Giving a couple up, months. Right. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Courtney, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Courtney Cronin, our ESPN Bears insider. Uh, tomorrow night, we're, we're going to see the uh, Patriots and Mac Jones. Uh, a little bit better than Justin Fields, even though he was drafted after Justin Fields. Uh, you know, now there's a comparison real quick, Courtney, where somebody might say, well, you know, Justin isn't Mac and they came out of the same draft class. But again, you said, and you're right, the supporting cast is not there for Justin. Yeah, and, and any time, I think he's got three, three or four matchups this year. I mean, they play... The Jets, they have the Jets in November, so that's Zach Wilson. Mac Jones already played Trey Lance week one. I think it's three of the five that were taken in that, in that class with him in 2021. And, of course, any time there's a head-to-head matchup, the two situations are going to be compared. Mm-hmm. And I think you can look at the situations but also realize that you've got to put things in perspective of what, you know, I mean, Mac Jones is coming off of an injury, too. Like, we don't know how good or how not good that's he's going to look. That's but true. That's you know something to keep in mind. I you know I just they'll always be linked together, and it's a question that I asked Justin when we had a sit down earlier this off season. That like it or not, you're always there's four other guys that you're going to be linked to, just like we talked about. I think it was the 2016 wide receiver draft class and the 13 receiver draft class. All those guys where there's like that much talent are going to be linked together forever. Um, so I don't know if there's much you can take away from that other than the fact that it was a really good quarterback draft class in 2021. But the side-by-side comparison will be, I mean, it's just, it's, it's low-hanging fruit, I think, that people will take a look at because these quarterbacks are in vastly different situations yep. oh, roster-wise yeah. with what's around them. Yeah, absolutely. Courtney, again, thank you for joining us as you always. And uh, we'll hopefully all enjoy the game tomorrow night. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, Courtney. And Courtney Cronin here on ESPN 1000. We're taking a break. Come back. Take your calls. We've got a few loaded up. 312-332-3776. Back after after this. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. ESPN 1000, Xander and Hanley were easy like a Sunday morning. And and you know what? We've had a few people that have been on hold, that are impatient, they're dropping off. Have some patience, people. 312-332-3776. Can't take your phone calls during a commercial break. It would ruin the commercials. We have people paying for that stuff. Well, we could take them and just talk to them. You know, <laughs> we like could, they call but you got to yeah. save it for on air. So have some patience, my peeps. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie's on the north side wants to jump in and talk about the Bears. Hey, Eddie, good morning. You're on ESPN 1000. I think the question is, is when you look at Justin Fields, would he have been good on an average college football team? Because it seems like any quarterback now that goes to Ohio State, look at C.J. Stroud, and then the next guy after him will always get these stats and everything because they're so stacked with talent. Now, if you took him off of that team, how would he do in college? Because we know he's not doing good in the NFL. You know what I mean? But again, uh, the supporting players around him, are is that part of the problem? Seems to be. Would he, would he be good on an average NFL team? Yeah, right. But it's but, a good well, point. the thing is, then, if we look at it that way, and I have a son that's going in the NFL draft, 
I tell them to tank at these practices where they look at them, they want to draft them, because you know what? I don't want them getting drafted first, second, third, fourth, or fifth, because in the long run, if you're drafted ninth or tenth, you get onto a pretty good team with pretty good talent, so you have to sit back for a year, a la Patrick Mahomes, and you're in a better situation in the long run. Well, Patrick Mahomes is is not a comparable. He's not somebody that, uh, you know, there's not a bunch of them in the draft. Well, look at the college he came from. You know, he he was tougher there at that college because he had to be. He had to be better and make his team better because the guys around him weren't that good. But But he had the talent to do that. Not everybody has the talent to do that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a legit. I mean, no, no, I get it, Eddie. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective, Eddie. That see, and this is where it goes to your scouting, right? You have to project, and you have, you know, now that COVID's over for the most part, and and colleges are allowing NFL scouts to be on campus again. Some some have decided not to, by the way, but before most NFL scouts had free reign to go talk to the training staff and talk to the student assistants to find out the character of guys they were looking at and really, you know, do their, their homework and, and dig on, on not only they can sit in the press box on game days and, and take notes and, and give you the X's and O's report, but they want to talk to everyone around them. How does he treat the student assistant trainer or whatever? The guy taping the ankles, is he, does he treat them with respect? So now scouts are back in business to actually get, get out there and, and figure that out. But you're right. If if you're in a premier situation or premier college program, um, and the, you have the gaudy numbers, you have to project how much of that is, you know, the great great wide receiving core. If you're a quarterback, um, the scout has to discern mm-hmm. how much it's his talent, the quarterback's talent, or how much if you know an average, like you said, if he's on an average team, would he be as good? Or if he was an average quarterback. Is the talent around him lifting him up and, and helping, you know, kind of glorify those numbers? Yeah, thanks for so the call, scouting. Eddie. Scouting is a big deal. I mean, it, it's it is. That's you, what they're paid to see through. Right. Yep. yep. They're, they're, I mean, they're paid to see through all that. That's a unique perspective of, you know, if you're a top quarterback, you you, you tank so you don't get picked toward the top. I mean, there's a lot of benefits to being picked toward the top. But again, sure. it is up to the scouts and uh, Justin Fields. Like Courtney said, I, I am on the side of not making any snap judgments just yet. I know it's tough to watch sometimes. He shows frustration. That's why I asked that question of her because sure. he, he shows this frustration. Some people are reading it as he's just kind of going, ugh, ugh. Yeah, you know, like he has this maybe not such a great attitude. And and it's not about the play. He is very focused on winning, and and he's been very obvious. He's tired of being told that they're close, but unfortunately, this is the reality he's living in. And I hope that he is able to see the individual improvement that he is making, albeit very small right now. And hopefully, that will ramp up and get even bigger and bigger and bigger to where we're seeing this improvement. But it is it is. You know, the challenge of which he is dealing with now, he doesn't have a great team around him. No. And and Jalen Hurts is another guy you can look at, and he's had a great season because now Philadelphia's got, you know, Super Bowl-type talent around him, right? And and they're they're running through the season so far. 
So uh, you, Courtney was very passionate about that answer. She said it's a yeah. hot button issue for her. And, right. uh, and we'll you see. know she's hearing that every time she talks to somebody. Yeah, and we'll mm-hmm. see how Ryan Poles approaches it. There, there are other people who say, okay, with the Bears and Mitch Trubisky, that set the franchise back five years by one well, you know, well over uh, paying to move up one spot to get a guy that most apparently most other GMs thought would be uh, selected further down in the draft, not not second overall. So some people, some NFL types, say move on from a quarterback that you have questions about because the longer you wait. The, the longer, the more damage it does to the franchise. And obviously you heard Courtney's answer. How can you possibly do that with this talent around him? Because you need to give him help in this next offseason and then start really And that's why evaluating. the question was all, always about when does the evaluation happen? Yep. I mean, it's happening all the time, but when does sure. the final evaluation happen? It can't be anytime soon because last year was a wasted year. It's a lost year. It, it, it almost didn't come. Are you telling me that, that uh, Matt Nagy isn't Bill Belichick? So yes, I am telling to, you that. Okay. Quite I, emphatically. Okay, because I was, I'm, you know, I'm still not sure on that. Um, what? Yeah. yeah it, it's it's really unfortunate. It's It's been a ridiculous set of circumstances that has set this franchise back, not just the quarterback. I mean, okay, you but, know, they want to talk about Trubisky said, uh, you, you know, the the drafting and Trubisky and then giving up on him setting the franchise back. How about uh, Nagy and Pace? I think nobody set this franchise back worse than them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Pace, the, the fact that he that he jumped up one spot and gave away the, the farm to, to take Mitch Trubisky. Right. And then they sat there and, and kept saying it's going to work. It's going to work. And. And, and and I hate to say that it was a calculated, let's keep Justin Fields off the field last year because the clock won't start on us as a, a GM and you coach. You hate to say it, but you know that there's probably some truth to it. Yeah, I mean, they were going to cover their rear ends by, well, well, we'll buy ourselves an extra year by not, the, the bright, shiny thing on the sidelines will be great in 2022. We don't have to see him. Well, then they, then they had to get him in, what, game four. So, you know. I, I, most coaches do what's best for the team. Uh, my questions were, were they doing what's best for their job security? Well, thankfully, that's not our problem anymore. No, but now, it hurts now, us yeah, No, it has. It has set us back, without a doubt. It has set us back. And He wasn't even taking snaps with the first team in, in camp, right? I mean, right. that that's how solid that cemented that that. Do not play. So this uh, is, this like. is uh, you know, even though we saw him play last year, this is, by all intents and purposes, his rookie year. Yeah. And when we come back from the break, mm-hmm. it, it's not Tom Brady cursing out his offensive line on the sidelines after two, day, two days after he went to Robert Kraft's big uh, wedding and then took a plane to Pittsburgh and met the rest of the team there. And all of a sudden he's screaming, blankety blank, you guys are blankety better than this, you know, because he's getting roughed up. But Justin Fields did say something this week, which he's, he's thumb pointing, but he basically said, because of some of the issues on the offensive line, he it's now impacting his play. And yeah. he's what, so we'll, we'll hear what he has to say. He wasn't, he wasn't openly critical of. But you and, know and, what he was trying to get at, absolutely. And yeah. and he's he's he is challenging his teammates. There's nothing wrong with that. What Tom Brady did is there something wrong with that? Well, Tom Brady probably doesn't think so. He doesn't care. Hey, no, he can care less. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We have Dean. He will join us on the phone lines if you want to join us, too. We'll be right back here on ESPN 1000. Welcome back to Xander and Hanley. 
on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Yeah, for sure. Um, that was actually one thing that me and the uh, me and Luke and Andrew talked about. I felt like later in the game, I was getting like my internal clock was speeding up a little bit just because of the you know the past um, maybe the past bikes that I were getting in the game. So I just you know told them to where if they feel like that I'm you know getting antsy and you know maybe leaving the pocket too early when it's there, um, just you know just remind me to reset like reset after every play because of course you know uh, there like you said there's going to be times where I, I do have time and. I can sit in there, but yeah, that's definitely a big thing. Um, just you know, making sure that just because they got to the, you know, just because they got back here fast, the last play or two, three plays ago doesn't mean they're going to get back fast. So just playing every play and you know, just 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 seeing that every play is going to be different. So that would be QB number one, Justin Fields, on his internal clock, and suggesting that to his. Uh, Offensive line. Hey, guys, uh, they got in here quick last play. That's not going to happen the next play, is it? Yeah. I mean, anyone talked about the the pockets, he didn't just say because the offensive line is, is breaking down and I'm, I'm running for my life. But he said because early on in the game, it, the pockets didn't hold up. So now he's either anticipating or he's just he's just nervous, right? He's just not going to give it time. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, it's, it, it, you know, it. You know, it's it's an appropriate uh, reaction, but he he he's got to treat every play like uh, it's it that one's over, guys. Uh, you know, remind me to reset. Yeah, telling Luke Etsy, who's in his ear, literally with the with the earpiece and the helmet, telling him, "Hey, between plays, the pocket was holding up. You got a little antsy there. Reset, 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 and just you know, try to settle him down and and tell him it's working when it is working, and uh, we know what." what he's capable of doing when he tucks the ball and runs because good Lord, yep. I mean, he, he's, he's a weapon, but, but it'd be point, nice that that wasn't his go-to eventually. Yeah. Hopefully we will see that that is his, well, I know I could do this when I need to not, I have to do this every time because I'm running for my life. Right. I mean, it's by design, you yeah. know, you know, I'm, it, okay. I, I see a hole and no one's going to get me and I'll be in the end zone and see you there. Um, our guy, our Jay Cantu, our great producer, just said during the break, he said, why is it that Chicago, the Bears, Bears Nation, why can't a, a quarterback just show up and be the guy? Why all, why, and I'm like, you know, good Lord, anyone who's lived here all their life, it's, you You don't even know what that would look like, right? Yeah, I show mean, me what that looks like. Yeah, we're, we're we starved, as we said. We are we are definitely starved. And that, that makes us more nuts, and it puts a lot yeah. more fan pressure on a quarterback. But you know what? Look, uh, Justin Fields is getting paid to do a job, and this is part of the job, and he will just have to rise to the occasion. That's what we're hoping for. Dean jumps in from Dallas, Texas, Cowboy Land. Hey, Dean, hey, you're you on guys. ESPN 1000. Hey, how y'all doing today? I was just uh, listening to a couple of the callers, and, uh, you know, I, I've been around a lot of football and uh, watched Justin at a lot of football camps. And the issue, it's not really Justin, and I know, uh, I know, you know, it's always the earth's going to be on the quarterback, but there's a couple of things that come into play with him. Justin has always had the, the tendency to hold the ball because he surveys, and when he surveys, he's looking for the perfect pass because his deep ball and his accuracy are pinpoint. However, with the Bears, when the offensive line is breaking down right up the middle, up in his face, and he has no receivers coming out of breaks um, and getting separation, it's harder for him. So the thing that I, I would like him to work on is that, that release 
throwing it quick and getting him two good receivers that come out the break, such as in Miami with Waddle and Hill. When you look at those two guys, they, they come out the break fast, they get the ball, and they move with it. So that's what I got to say. Yeah, thanks, hey, Dean. Before you, yeah. uh, I would, you know, he's in Dallas. I was going to uh-huh. ask him because I, I was asking Jake. You know, he's a Jake, closet Cowboy fan since he grew up down there. What uh, is Dak uh, having Dak Prescott coming back today? Looks like uh, is that a good thing or a bad thing for the Cowboys who've been uh, doing pretty well? Thank you very much. And Jake said, "Oh, it's Dak Prescott." You know, I don't know. He is who thought he was. <laughs> What's that, Dean? I said Cooper Rush is who we thought he was. <laughs> <laughs> Crown him. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right, I'm good with you. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you don't lose your job to injury, but um, I don't know. Mike McCarthy, we were just talking about he was going to get fired, right? He was one of the top two favorite in Vegas to be the first uh, guy to get launched in the NFL. Matt Rule beat him to it. And now he's in the coach of the year conversation, right? <laughs> It's so crazy. Things league have changed real, real quick. With a backup quarterback, who yeah. would have thought? I mean, it's a crazy league this year. Yeah. I mean, it's always crazy, but boy, the week extra, to week. It's extra crazy. Oh, nuts. So, yeah. so what uh, Dean was saying was, you know, kind of obvious. I mean, it, you know, give Justin the tools. Thing is, we have what we have. How can he go ahead and make some kind of progress and uh, develop? with what he has that's the challenge and it's all about calling the right plays uh Nikhil harry is that going to make a difference yeah you know this week uh a market difference uh, obviously we have a running game but what is uh you know and changing up the offensive line with uh patrick centering now if that a- ends up happening today are those going to be the adjustments that help justin develop because well, personnel is not going to change. And as uh, Courtney said, she does not expect, she aligns with a lot of Bears fans on our poll yesterday, she does not expect a lot of movement for the trade deadline. Maybe one move. Well, I would hope at least one move. I mean, and, and I don't think you're going to break the bank and what you get returned for any of these guys we talked about yesterday. No, unfortunately, Mark. right. But sometimes, I mean, I don't need to see Robert Quinn anymore this year. I just, if you can get anything for him that you deem is going to help uh, accelerate the rebuild or add to the rebuild. Mm. I'm good with that. Um, and Eddie Jackson, as good as he's been early this season, and we know what he went through last season, which helps explain why, why he wasn't a factor at all on the field. Um, you know, good for him. But if if someone's picking up the phone and offering anything, I, he's not going to be here when you're ready to contend for anything, I, I don't believe. So I, I'm not I'm not holding – if I'm Ryan Poles – I'll take what I deem anything acceptable. I'm not trying to, you know, hold people up for a bunch of assets that could hope uh, could help a competing team, right. but aren't exactly Pro Bowl caliber talent at this point. Well, and and the four people we talked about, right? Uh, we right. talked about uh, Quinn, uh, Roquan Smith, Eddie Jackson, uh, David Montgomery. You know, it's about if you're making a trade, you always want to quote unquote sell high. Right. Yeah. And right. all of these players are worth something, but it, but it depends on uh, they're worth something. And, and if you get a draft pick, then it's incumbent to draft to make the most of that draft pick. So even though the draft picks might be uh, it's third round, you know, whatever. Oh, you're lucky still, to get. Yeah. There yeah. are still decent players in the third round. You just have to make sure. And thankfully, we don't have the other Ryan on the clock for the draft. 
to oh capitalize fired on up, any of this. Right. Fired up about this, yeah. Yeah, yeah fired up about people that we, we never even heard about. So, so selling high may not be good enough. And, and, you know, were the Bears built to win this year? No, I don't think so. I don't think anybody could argue that they were. So can we get something for them for the future? Again, Courtney thinks that there won't be a lot of movement. Maybe one trade, maybe Robert Quinn would be the one obvious one. We'll see what uh, what transpires. November 1st is the trade deadline for the NFL. 312-332-3776. Will the offensive line changes take place this week, and will they actually make a difference? As you said, the league's crazy, right? You've got Dallas with a backup quarterback all of a sudden gaining some uh, attention. Are we one or two moves away from fixing the offensive line with the personnel we have that is going to give Justin that much more time and that much more confidence to make some market improvements on his game. Well, you know, look, this this league, last week, my survivor pool, I, I was eliminated because I had Baltimore and the Ravens were up 10 against the Giants in the fourth quarter. And next thing you know, a couple turnovers and they lose that game. And Brian Dable, who was you know, supposedly in conversations with the Bears and maybe chose the Giants over the Bears, has got that team. No one saw this coming, right? All of a sudden that team is just, it's got confidence and they're doing it with not a whole lot more. They got Saquon Barkley, but they don't have a hell of a lot more talent than some a lot of other teams. And yet now they have confidence and they believe they're going to be a playoff team. You're right. There are a lot of great storylines and, uh, you know the Bears being two and uh, four, right? They're two and four. That's yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that maybe that's better than a lot of people gave them credit for. I mean that that loss in Washington really bothered me. That's one that we should have had. You know, beating Forty yeah, Niners mean, was a damn surprise, and of course we'll take that. Well, but I mean, it's not Carson, about wins this year, but you do want to see some wins, and you want to see some wins against teams that you think, okay, this should be no problem. You have four touchdown passes in six games. Okay, that's not the NFL, and that's why you lose lose twelve to seven it's, at uh, home for Washington, football, right? Right. I mean, it, it, you're losing twelve to seven against that Washington team that limped into Soldier Field. That's inexcusable. Oh, here, yeah, that's right. And, and and Green Bay, you know, for you, you ask uh, Bear fan Bob who lives up in Wisconsin mm-hmm. about Green Bay. They're uh, currently on a six-game stretch where they've scored the fewest points since Aaron Rodgers has been, been behind uh, under center. They're averaging 17.8 points a game, and the Bears are averaging 15.5 points a game. So that's how crazy this year is because even without Devontae Adams, you would think they roll out of bed, the Packers roll out of bed, can score more than 20 points. I mean, right. that, that, that's, this bar is really set low for them. And by the way, our, our other Twitter poll question is, uh, Vegas has set over under on the Bears points tomorrow night at, at shockingly 15.5 points because that's what they're averaging. Uh, what's the bet, over or under? And uh, it'll be interesting to see how where the Bears fans' confidence confident uh, confidence is with this offense going to New England tomorrow night. Yeah, we'll wrap up those Twitter polls before we get out of here at noon. We're up against the break, taking your phone calls, 312-332-3776. It's uh, Xander and Hanley here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Pass blocking is one of the hardest tasks in this league. I don't care 
across any position. Um, like the defensive line in this league is like just those they're amazing players. They really are. They make it so hard. And so pass pros like I, I would imagine most evaluators don't even watch run blocking as much uh, because it, it pass pro is so hard. So no, that, that's that's the, the it's why you have to run the ball. That's why you have to use play 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 pass uh, to help alleviate some of that. And then when you get into the obvious passing downs, and you have to try to find different ways to kind of keep them accountable and not let them just run off the ball as fast as you can because we got an unbelievable task again this week with, with what we got to face up front. 312-332-3776, ESPN 1000. Luke Getze talking about uh, run pass uh, protection and how it is uh, it's a lot tougher with uh, pass protection. And we certainly do have a running game, Brian. We do have a running game, and the Bears, whether it's the offensive line, Justin Fields, he has tied for the most sacks in the in the league to this point in the season at 23, and five of those sacks came when pass rushers got to Fields quicker than the league average sack time of 4.29 seconds. So the the run protection has been there. The running game is is doing just fine, thanks top five. So they're the blocking, they're blocking it up on the run. And either because of Justin's lack of confidence or the actual, you know, the lack of confidence is based on the reality that the offensive line isn't very good at all. Um, it's it, it's just way too many. He's going to get he's going to get hurt seriously hurt if if this continues. We thought that that would ha- that happened in uh, against Washington here. Oh my gosh! In town. Yeah, we, I, mean, I, I I didn't think he would get up, and a few times he waited, and we're all. Kind of like, uh, what's going oh, on? I'm, but he waited to steady himself because of the the whole Tua thing. That changes everything, which obviously is a good rule. What happened to Tua was, was ridiculous. But if you are, uh, you know, just to paraphrase the rule, as I understand it, if you get up, you look wobbly, you know, that's it. You're going straight to the tent. Yeah. And, and look, if you're like me, I'm, I was wincing on some of those hits. Right. And I'm sitting there around the comfort of my same, couch. Same, same here. And I thought, that's it. That's it. His yep. development, we're, we're done. We're done for the year, you know? And uh, he got up, but he, he's, he's on borrowed time with the way things have been happening. Well, the good news is, Courtney said it, um, they're clean on the uh, injury list going into this game, even though coming out of that game, he was complaining he was sore all over, but his shoulder, there, there was some you know, shoulder issue that they were a little bit concerned about. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, the 10 days certainly uh, has remedied that, at least to the point where they didn't have to list him is anything but ready to go. Yeah, yeah, the 10 days certainly did help. And, you know, with obviously the aches and uh, pains and, and bruises and such, and it is pretty remarkable, but that's what 10 days will get you, that nobody's on the injured reserve. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know what that translates in terms of... Well, yeah. We, I mean, whatever moves they're going to make, it looks like they're move Lucas Patrick to center, and then, the, the you know... Uh, uh, Schofield's going to show up on the left side at guard. It, hopefully there's an improvement there because Sam Mustafer was not very good at center, but he was put in a bad situation. And the reason Patrick couldn't go there is because he had the, the hand issue, and now that he can snap the ball. So that's, you know, well, everyone that's, should That's be, why we got him. So yeah. he's going right to where he needs to go. 312-332-3776. What do you need to see from Justin this week, aside from a win, that would indicate to you that he is indeed making progress. I'm seeing progress every week. Even though it's very little, I'm seeing progress every week. 
you know, with him being, uh, you know, getting up and, and taking control of the game as much as he could, even though it was a loss against Washington, he seems to bounce bounce back a little bit and and now in the press conferences talking about how uh, you know he he's tired of tired of losing and tired of being told that he's close all of these things he's starting to develop to me brian as as a leader but not as what a you know a um a, a veteran leader like a, a tom brady who's yelling at his no offensive I mean, line. Obviously, that that would be totally inappropriate. And I'm not even sure it's really appropriate for Tom Brady, as as far as a fan goes. I, I didn't like seeing that. What Aaron Rodgers has done. I mean, Jay Cutler was shoving guys when he was here, right, uh, uh, on the field for everyone to see. I the one thing about Justin Fields, I think all those intangibles are there. I mean, I don't think anyone his toughness, his leadership ability, mm-hmm. his want to. Right. The fact of the matter is, what I need to see tomorrow night forget the red zone you're inside the 10 you're inside the five yard line and you can't get a you can't get in the end zone right that was three different times yep. yeah yeah that that has to be near automatic you you can't be settling for field goals or, or no points coming i okay. mean that, you you got to convert those that that that's and that's the major improvement we're looking for I mean, and even though Luke Getze will say that there are little little ways that he is improving each and every week. Okay, well, and- I'm a dummy. I, I, I need to see that. I, I don't know about incremental, but if you're inside the five three times and you can't get a touchdown, then I'm the idiot who's going to say that's not good. So no, I, I mean, no doubt it's no good. Yeah. No doubt yeah, it's I'm, no good. Yeah. If you want to get me on board that there's improvement, feel free to go ahead and get a couple touchdowns in those situations. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take those. Yeah. Three, one, two, three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. We're going to do high low coming up. We got uh, the postmen uh, and we, we've got to talk about um, uh, baseball real quick here. I want to bring this up and, and we can continue this discussion if it gets some traction here with what is happening with the Phillies. Do you think. And, and this is not for people who do not think managers don't matter. But do you think that uh, subtracting Joe Girardi was the big change? Or who is running the team now for Philadelphia? Do, do you think Joe's watching these games? I'd love to know that. I, and if I he would is, imagine. If would, he is, is he rooting yeah, for the Phillies? That would be hard to watch, right? Would he be rooting for the Phillies or is hoping that the, the replacement manager you know fails on the biggest stage? Which he certainly hasn't done to this point. Yeah. Yeah, we'll continue this conversation, but we're we're gonna we're gonna dive deeper into this because then again we can go to the South Side and plug that in and say, Okay, you know what, making a change earlier in the season, would that have done anything on the South Side? Don't really know, but fun to uh you know, conjecture. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We're gonna do a round of high low when we come back here on ESPN one thousand. We'll do that back in two.